0: Thrilled about that, and um, but I have a question for you. Um, what if I told you that God desires you to live as His princess, as His queen, not as a peasant? Um, as I was preparing to come here, I um, my mom. My mom reads a lot of um, devotions, and, and she shared a devotion with me that has really stuck with me as I was praying through what I would share with you tonight. And, um, and it goes like this. Suppose that you are a prostitute. One day you hear that the king has decreed that all prostitutes are forgiven. Well, since you're a prostitute, that's great news. But that wouldn't necessarily change your behavior or self-perception. It probably wouldn't. You may dance in the streets for a while, but the chances are that you would continue in that same vocation. Because you're forgiven, but you're still a prostitute. Now suppose that the king not only forgave you, but he made you his princess as well. You are a daughter of the king. You get to move into the castle and live as a princess, as royalty. Would that change your behavior? For me, it wouldn't, of course. Why would we want to still live as a prostitute when we are really a princess? As my husband, um, Mike and I have lived really close life with broken um, people, a common thread that we see are that people are stuck in the regret of past mistakes. And I love the fact that Colin's saying, hello, my name is Regret. There are no coincidences in life. Jesus is a part of all things. And I just love how he orchestrates just music and things that she's going to sing and things that I'm going to say um, to, to just to bring home his point that um, he wants to heal the broken. Um, but we do see... People living a lot in just they're stuck in their past regret and to me I call that peasant thinking um, rather than living in the victory that Jesus has redeemed the for, redeemed forgiven and fully accepts and that's princess thinking my husband has a saying that really gets people thinking And it's the foundation of the ministry that we lead in Murfreesboro. And he says, You will live out who you believe that you are. And I'll explain that a little bit further just by just kind of giving you a, just a peek into this girl. Um, I... Am a very free-spirited outgoing person and um, so I my parents moved around a lot and I was born in Ohio my dad got transferred to California so I, I grew up most of my elementary school years living as a California girl and the summer of my seventh grade year. Anyone have any middle schoolers? Or have had middle schoolers? Especially middle school girls. Um, I honestly wanted to take a sleeping pill for the entire years that my girls were in middle school because they were emotional wrecks. And so, um, so the summer of my seventh grade year, my dad got transferred to a little small town in West Tennessee. The California girl was suddenly a southerner. And uh, the culture from coming from California to coming to a town that had a couple of red lights, a pizza hut and a Dairy Queen, um, I was in total shock on top of the fact that I was completely emotional and um, my hormones were raging and I was developing and, and I'm like, what in the world is going on? But the day I started seventh grade in that small West Tennessee town, I realized something because I was told that I didn't belong, that I wasn't enough. And so, the peasant thinking started. I tried really hard, and I changed my accent. Note to self, oh, you talk different than they do. Get as twangy as you can. Just do it like Miss Jill. That was my goal. The next thing, you know, I was, anybody that grew up in the 80s, Um, The the preppy style, which has come back again, was the style. Monogram sweaters, painter pants, Oxford cloth shirts, and I didn't have any of that. So I was automatically an outsider, which was heaped more peasant thinking, you're not enough, you don't belong so in in that moment i made a very conscious decision for survival that i would become a chameleon and i would be whatever i needed to be for you for you for you for you i would change myself so that i could be accepted so that i could belong and so that i could feel like i was enough well that doesn't pan out very long, because you have to continue to add to that, because ultimately I was wearing a mask, and I wasn't being the real me. And so I was constantly like, okay, well, who was I in front of her? Okay, am I still that? Did have, have the expectations changed? And so I, I quickly lost myself, and I, clouded my mind with a lot of thinking that really wasn't who I was. I did not I was not a church rat like Colin. I did not grow up going to church every Sunday and every Wednesday night. I mean the the there's is there's a reason in the, the south is called the Bible Belt. It's it's very it's a very cultural thing. And um so I very young I I didn't have a lot of guidance as far as my, my family was good and moral but we we didn't follow Jesus and so I adopted the ways of the world very quickly and um, so I'm from West Tennessee it's time to graduate from high school and um, and I, I go to Middle Tennessee to Murfreesboro to, to Middle Tennessee State University and, and um, I was I was your typical college student. Um, I had a great time. <laughs> I had a great time. I loved college. I loved college. Well the, my senior year of college, I met my husband Mike. And we were a lot alike in a lot of ways. From the very moment that we met, we were Connected, heart connected. Um, he is extremely extroverted, and he never meets a stranger. And and um, so we met, and we started hanging out, and fell in love. And I was an education major, and he was a business major. And I, I'm like, yep, yeah, he's it, he's it. And um, we were set to graduate in in the. In December of that particular particular year, and um, in May, I I was going to stay I was going to stay in Murfreesboro that summer because hello, Mike was there. And um, in the past, I had gone home every summer to make money and and my spending money for the my college semester, and um, so I wasn't going home that year. And I found out that semester in May that I was pregnant. And um, hello, I was, set to, I was set to student teach that fall and um, go back to that girl in seventh grade that had that peasant thinking of you're not enough, you don't belong, and um, on top of all of that, I was a pleaser I know that there's probably many of you in this room that would that would describe yourself as a pleaser well I was that and um, I was I was a middle child and I was I was the child that never wanted to disappoint her parents I wanted to follow the rules I wanted to do the right thing. I, wanted, I was always wanting to make it the great grades because back to my peasant thinking, I needed to be accepted. So in May of that year, when I found out that I was pregnant, I basically panicked and I went into my thinking of, well, what in the world am I going to do? I... Have to please I have to be accepted I have to belong so in May of 1988 my my husband who was not my husband at the time and I we made the most panicked and horrific decision that we would ever make in our lives and we aborted our first child um, and I say all of that to um, hmm. there's so much more to the story um, that I will share because it's it's so awesome. It was the hardest thing that I've ever chosen to do, and um, in the light of this election that's coming up, and just the hypersensitive. Sensitivity that there is to that issue um, It has been it's been hard um, But on top of making that decision we buried it and um, our our son Tanner Michael Bivens would be 27 and um, to say that there is not a day that I do not regret that decision um, would be an understatement. But there is so much hope from my story. Um, But in the meantime of all of that, we buried that decision and my peasant thinking continued. You are worthless. You are a murderer you will never come up from under this you will be guilty for the rest of your life and um, I, I lived in silence for 15 years with that secret and my parents didn't know the only people that knew were my husband my best friend and my roommate. And 15 years later, so kind of fast forward, the sad thing about all of that was uh, we had our abortion in May, we graduated in in December, and then we got married the next March. So he would have been born in January, and we got married anyway, <clears throat> anyway, so But we continue to, to keep that a secret for a very long time And I, um, to say that that has, has been a burden to me for many, many years um, I could never even describe to you But
1: my husband and I,
0: we we went forward and we got married, and um, we weren't really following Jesus. You know, I, I will tell people that I, my salvation came when I was twelve. He was he, he saved me when I was twelve, but, but he became Lord to me when I was almost thirty. And so, we we ebbed and flowed a couple years into our marriage. We had our first. Our first baby and um, and he was climbing the corporate ladder and I was teaching and, and you know we were plugging along and and things would come to me you know when you're worthless you have you ever just like you, you think you think something's gone and then like it's just like in your face like a, a, a thought a feeling and so um, Mike Mike and I, I came back to Jesus and really started following him because I, I thought, you know what, there's got to be more to life than this. This is just, this is not getting it for me. You know, and, and Jesus makes us each with a God-sized hole in our hearts that only he can fill. So we can try to fill it with climbing the corporate ladder or we can try to fill it with a career. Or we can try to fill it with a house or babies Or relationships or you know fine China or whatever it happens to be but if we're not if we're not ultimately filling it with Jesus then we'll never be satisfied so um, I I way before my husband did Started to follow Jesus and I pretty much said you know what I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do the church thing I'm sure that there are there are women in this room right now that can come to this body of Christ or any other body of Christ without their husbands and um, But I made a decision that Jesus was really important to me and I Was going to follow him regardless if my husband came and so Mike came But Mike had a little problem. He had a little problem that he took with him from college. And that problem was drinking. And so basically, I lived with a functional alcoholic for the first 10 years of our lives in our marriage. And and he used alcohol to escape the stress from work. And, um, And so, but our lives turned upside down in 2001 when he got arrested for DUI and I I don't know if any of y'all have ever been around or lived with an alcoholic but uh, you can tell that someone all day long that they have a problem but until they realize that they have a problem or something happens in their lives to make them realize that they have a problem, they're not going to admit it so This was a wake-up call for Mike and this was in 2001 and soon after that um, he really began he really began to read the Bible for himself to search to see what what people were to what I was talking about what other people were talking about that that this Jesus saves and that he is he wants to be Lord of your life and so in 2003 he, he started his own business and because he was in the corporate world and there was a lot of whining and dining and he was, a, he was a, um, a salesman and so he had to take people out to dinner and there was drinking with the dinner and it was all sorts of things. So he had to, he had to make a decision to take himself out of that. But in, in 2003, um, I did... I did a Bible study with my church called "Breaking Free," Beth Moore, and many of you have probably done that Bible study, and um, it it rocked my world. and And I don't know if you've ever gone into a study where you go, "I know Jesus is going to work with me on this, and this, and this." Well, I had my list. I had my list of what he I felt like he was going to work with me on and um, my past my past secret was not part of it and so at the end of that study we are where we, we get together much like Denise was talking about having people in your home and having a fellowship and community and we we're getting together at the at the close of this virus study. and and we're sharing what we learned. And so everybody's sharing, and then, and then this one woman says, some things are just too personal to share. And I do not know where the lava came from within me, but I, I erupted out of my, out of my skull. And I proceeded to vomit on those women, my secret. And I said, you don't understand. That's why we cannot get free. Is because we cannot be honest with one another. And so I continued to just vomit on them. And at the end of that, ladies, I received nothing. Nothing but grace. So over the course of the, those moments, I had this, I continued to have these peasant thoughts that I wasn't worthy, that 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 my problems aren't aren't enough, and that I was never to be forgiven of that. And instead of the princess thoughts of that grace that I received from those women. And at this point, my mom and my dad didn't have any idea. Yes, I vomited on them too. And um, my sweet mama, she wanted to come tonight. And um, the greatest thing, I said, mama, I said, I said, I get so nervous doing uh, speaking in front of people that I know. I can speak in front of people that I don't know, but I get really nervous speaking in front of people that I know. And my mama said to me, she said, "Daddy, she said, I just wanted to come so that those women would see that I love you, and that I'm for you, and that I know your stuff, and I still support you." And so. Um, It has definitely been a process transforming my mind from those peasant thoughts to princess thoughts. Because my shame mind, my guilt mind, says that you're not even worth it forgiving but my God says Debbie you are so worthy you are so worthy what do you think I died for and you know I I felt broken and I realized that my brokenness can be used to make me not only me whole but other people whole And I just, um, what I wanna encourage all of you in is I don't know your story. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know on on the screen where it says, hello, my name is. Hello, my name is divorce. Hello, my name is adultery. Hello, my name is gossip. Hello, my name is regret. Hello? We all have something that comes up from time to time that we go, yep, that's you. That's you. You scum. You scum. What you've done, what you've thought, what you've been through, none of that Ladies is from Jesus. My heart for all of us in here is that we would adopt princess thinking and not peasant thinking, those moments that a that thought will come up in my head, and I, I have to filter it. I have to physically and filter it and say. All right, is that peasant thinking or is that princess thinking? Would Jesus say to me, you're worthless? No. Would Jesus say to me, I'm ashamed of you? No. Jesus would say to me and to you, I love you. I accept you. I esteem you. I want you to live in my palace with me. This life is not about what we've done and what we've been through. This life is about what Jesus did and what he went through for us. So, what are those peasant thoughts that keep coming into your mind? I'm a failure. I'm not enough. I'm too much. I'm stupid. I don't belong. I'm not chosen. I'm too sensitive. I'm so weak. I'm insecure. I'm broken. I'm unforgivable. I'm unlovable. I'm a victim. I'm not worthy. Those are all peasant thoughts. But on the contrast, there is princess thinking. If you believe that you are worthy to be loved, you will live loved. If you believe you are enough, you will not be swayed. So because of Jesus, and I want you to stand up because I'm going I'm to de- say these declarations over you. Like, all of you, stand up. Come on. I want you to receive what I'm about to say to you. because of jesus you are loved you are whole you are complete you are justified you are forgiven you are spotless sanctified encouraged you are co-heirs you are full of joy you are beautiful you can be unashamed you are his bride You are covered in his blood, you are set apart, you are united with him, you are dead to sin, you are free from accusations, you are spotless, holy, restored, you are made to bear fruit, your sin debt is paid, you are declared righteous and hidden in him, you are washed, you are full, you are made in his image, you are provided for, rooted in him comforted you are reconciled you are saved you are light you are complete you are a conqueror you are a new creation you are peace with god you are crucified with christ you are made right in his sight you are christ's friend you are a saint you are secure you are sealed by god you are born of god you are seated with christ you are his child you are accepted you are thankful you are his beloved You are his workmanship. You can do all things. You are salt and light. You are significant. You are a citizen of heaven. You are not condemned. You are adopted. You belong to God. You are united with the Lord. You are redeemed. You no longer live, but Christ lives in you. You are filled with hope. You can rejoice because you are free. You will never be separated because he is for you. You live. Amen. Those are princess thoughts, and uh, y'all can sit down. Those are princess thoughts, and what I had to begin to do for myself is I had to start speaking truth out loud because John, in John eight thirty two, he says, "He who has the son is free." That's not exactly how that goes, but you know what I'm saying. What is it? Oh. If you know the truth, the truth will set you free. John eight thirty two, And so for me, I had to begin to transform my peasant thinking with the truth of his word. Every single thing that I just read to you came from scripture. And I will gladly give, if you got something to write with, I'll give you my email address. And if you want this, I will send you in a, in a PDF. Because ladies, we have got to start declaring truth over ourselves so that we can defeat the enemy that is shooting arrows at us every single day and wanting us to believe all of those lies about ourselves that are not true because we live in Jesus. So my heart for all of you is to begin to live as princesses, to begin to think as princesses. You're not peasants anymore.